ladies, I had the scariest experience a few months ago. This happened every few weeks or months since then when I'm driving. All of a sudden, it's like you lose depth perception completely. It's like you can no longer tell how fast you're going. You can no longer see properly. You can no longer see if or determine whether the tree is five metres away or 500 metres away. You just and it's like a wave of anxiety comes over you and your eyes just kind of go cross-eyed. Uh, long story short, turns out I've got a pretty rare eye condition. Good thing is very easily fixed with special glasses. Uh, but the reason it's happening to me now in my 40s is because of age, right? So I've always had this eye condition, but my eyes and my body have uh, been able to compensate and shield me from that until... Uh, as as I read and as I've as I now know, age just means you can no longer compensate. So it got me thinking about how we age and how your body starts giving out on you. And you look back and think, gosh, I took my perfect vision or my ability to drive with my eyes completely for granted. It got me thinking about that saying, youth is wasted on the young. I have a question for you. Can you appreciate what your body can do for you, no matter how able-bodied or not you are? Can you appreciate it before it starts breaking down on you as you age? I, I don't think I appreciated it. I don't, it's only as I got older, I mourned it, like mourned not having that ability anymore to do what I wanted to do and the... Um, because uh, I, I think you, f you feel like you're the same person as such and you can't believe, well, this is my thoughts, I can't believe my body's letting me down. You mm. know, I really can't believe that. And, um, and it's a bit sad. It's a, it's a bit sad, you know, to, mm. yeah, it's a real mourning. But when I was younger, I just never, I never appreciated how easy it was to just, you know, suddenly just run for the bus or just to get out of bed or just not to feel aches and pains and things like that. Like, I can't get over how sore my body feels all the time. And so you go from a state of not even thinking about your body to a state where you think about it all the time, all yeah. the time, I think. I, I don't know, that's for me. What about you, Amelia? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. I don't know. I think I feel a lot of guilt around it, I guess. Like, it's interesting because I feel like... <sighs> I feel like as a young person, we, especially in this day and age, I think it, like, it's probably been around for a long time, but we're brought up in this world where we critique our bodies so much and we don't mm. think about like what they can physically do. <laughs> and I think it's one of those things, you're right, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And so for a lot of people, especially, I think it's not just women, I think it's across the spectrum of things as well. Um, like you nitpick and you're like I wish it was like this or I wish I was like that and it's like be grateful for what it can do for you mm. um do you think, think that's something with your actual generation now because I think back to my 20s and I never used to have any of that dysmorphia or or worry about how my body was because we didn't have social media and we didn't have anything like that to compare ourselves to at all yeah I think yeah, it's definitely something that's front of mind. Like, I, I feel like, especially, I feel very grateful for when I grew up. Like, I was sort of 
probably 13, 14 when mm-hmm. social media actually sort of started yeah. becoming a thing in my world. So like, so you're right in puberty. Yeah. And so like, it was one of those things, but it was a very different game to where it is now. Like we didn't have filters and we didn't have face tune and all this Photoshopping and stuff. And I think like you look at models pictures and like the dove ads would always say like, this isn't reality, but now social media, everybody's where they perceive themselves. That's the reality they put forth to the world. And yeah, I think it's one of those things like we imprison ourselves in our mind being like, oh, like one of my favorite songs is the song that they did from Baz Luhrmann's song, um, Everybody Wear Sunscreen, Mm. that speech. And in it, he says, you'll never have any concept of how fabulous you truly looked looking back when you were 20. Mm. And you never appreciated that until you actually look back. And I'm just like, I want to appreciate that in the now. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's interesting to hear you almost grieve the now in the now and that that might not be a reality um, for you and for many of your peers right now. And I can't imagine what it would have been like growing up and thinking, I constantly have to think about what I will look like on Instagram or what I will look like or other people's photos and thinking, where does that go? And that whole comparison of unrealistic people commenting on your photos yes yeah like that just blows my mind like and seeing it through seeing your your body and yourself through the eyes of people who are looking at the photos Mm. you post and then really losing sight of as amelia talks about what it can do for you and its functions how amazing that my body protected me from this essentially double vision that i have had all this time, right? Um, and contorted itself to make sure that I could s- see properly. But then age is, you know, robbing my ability to, to compensate and, and, and it will happen to all of us. And there'll mm. be various uh, things that break down that you can no longer rely on. But yeah, I think you can appreciate everything it does for you every day and 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 yeah i don't know i don't know how you how you really on a day-to-day basis appreciate and be grateful for everything your body can do for you no matter what Mm. it can't do for you was it like obviously it was quite a stressful process for you because like you didn't know what was going on how did you manage and how did you cope with that yeah, I mean, you. I think you sort of go a bit in denial. Oh, I'm, I must just be tired and uh, because it took me a long time to work out what it was. So you sort mm. of are just like, oh, I'm sure it's not that bad. I just, uh, I'll just drink coffee next time or I'll have a better sleep or I don't know, I probably need, I just need glasses. I ended up getting normal glasses, but it, the condition wasn't picked up. But as time got on, I have a lot of anxiety about driving and this thing is going to happen to my eyes. I couldn't really explain it to anybody what happens. And I kind of just pushed it, pushed it away, pushed it down and didn't really till it got to a point where it was like, actually, I can't I can't drive anymore. Mm. And that's not being able to drive. I lose my independence and my Mm. mobility. so I had to had to do something about it and took a lot of digging to find out what it was. Yeah. Mm. Binocular vision disorder, for those of you out there listening, thinking, that exact same thing happens to me. 
uh, something called vertical heterophoria. Get onto it if that's if this sounds like you when you drive over a freeway or on a bridge. Wow. Do you think sometimes it takes a health scare for you to suddenly to appreciate where you are at and where you are now and things like that? I think so. I mean, I guess my relationship with this topic is different because I was diagnosed with a pretty full-on health condition. So I have multiple sclerosis and I had my first symptoms at 22 and then got a diagnosis at 23. And I remember at the time, it's a very fortunate time to kind of, I guess, get a diagnosis of MS because when I got diagnosed, there were disease-modifying drugs that you Mm. can take, which didn't exist prior. But I remember at the time my uh, doctors and, and people were kind of saying, and I couldn't walk at the time, you know, I couldn't feel my legs. You know, you might end up in a wheelchair. You might not be able to work full time. Like they were trying to prepare me for all of these things. And I remember uh, just thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm like 22, 23. I've just finished kind of my bachelor's degree and I've just started working and all of a sudden it's being snatched. But I think I went into denial, right? And so for a very long time, I ignored the fact that I had MS and I would run and I tried to be as healthy as possible. So I was running 10 kilometres, but it became... After your diagnosis. After my, oh. um, and I was trying to be as fit and healthy. But I, I remember looking at other people in my age group and thinking, God, you don't have to struggle as much yeah. as I do. And I, I won't lie, I felt a lot of resentment yeah. to them because... Um, I feel like Amelia getting a bit emotional, but yeah. just thinking you honestly don't know what it's like to take for granted the fact that you can run, the fact that that is not something that is under threat for you right now. And and hearing people kind of complain about things that at the time I thought were trivial yeah. health things, mm. um, I was just like, just do it. You can do it. You have the body that works that can do it. And I think part of the reality I've had to face is I can't run anymore Mm. and um, I've added more health conditions to my body and you know I'm only 38 but I'm on the disability scheme I'm on the NDIS I get physio on a daily basis not a daily basis but a weekly basis I get OT I have to have support for how I live but to look at me you wouldn't know that and you wouldn't actually know how unwell I am how much pain I'm in and as I was walking here, because I had a fall recently, which is such an like older person thing to say, I had yeah, a fall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was walking and I was so careful because it was wet and I mm. could just think, oh my gosh, I've got a fear of falling. Like that's part of my narrative now. And I just think, God, my body is and not you would a young not, body. not even think about that, you know. No, most people beforehand. don't think about no. it. And it's just fascinating walking around with my husband um, and just seeing how much he doesn't have to think about how he walks, how he moves, what he does in a day because he is well, his body is working. And then I think for me, I have to think how much, when do I have a nap? When do I eat? All of these things actually really matter to keep me well. And I have to say no to so many things. So I have an interesting thing with this, but I just really want to be able to say to people like oh be so grateful but I look back now even on my 20s and I look at photos and I think I still wasn't appreciating even with my health conditions how much I still could do Mm. and how good I looked and (laughs) you know it was just incredible and so I'm like okay I'm going to keep aging and I'm going to keep potentially having health conditions but in the moment now I want to be grateful that I'm still walking and mm. I'm still working full time and I'm still going out and 
eating dinners with people and all of that's that is stuff I can take joy in right now. Mm. I didn't want to turn 53. I just yeah. didn't want to turn because a few years ago I ended up in hospital with swine flu and I was in hospital for a little while. I was very sick and I was delirious. I was literally delirious and I was lying on my bed and there was these two specialists talking over the top of me and I was 42 at the time and I remember the specialist saying, they were talking about this middle-aged woman so they're talking about this middle-aged woman, middle-aged woman, middle-aged woman. And I was just thinking, who the hell are they talking about? Like, <laughs> I have no idea who they're talking about, right? And then I realised it was me. It was me that they were talking about. And then over since then, I've sort of become a bit obsessed about was that my middle age? You know, so does that mean I'm going to live to 84 or now turning 53? Does that mean I'm going to live to 106? Or <laughs> am I really past that middle age now? Like, and am I in the third stage of yeah. my life? And what does that mm. mean? Looking at things about, you know, because people say age is only a number and you're, you know, you only feel as old as you feel. And there's a lot of stuff about um, the reason why people lose their flexibility and they have more pain and things like that is because they're not moving. So mm. then I think, right, I've got to walk more, but then that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, mm. you know, I do my plantar fasciitis. And when I go to the doctor, she goes, it's just because you're older. Like, <laughs> yeah, always yeah. everything's aged now. Yeah, like, yeah. you go along, you go, oh, my Achilles is sore. Yeah, because you're old. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's God. just, that's what you get told. You get yeah. told that. I think it's interesting as well because it's something like within my generation, like, for us, I think, well, at least personally, the, the group of people around me were sort of fighting that aging process. Like yeah. you look at the rise of Botox and fillers and different <sighs> cosmetic procedures, and it's like, it's just this uphill fight. It's sort of, you're not looking at how do we in, I know we always say like age gracefully and you, definitely I feel, especially like working in the cosmetic space, I feel like there are things that you can do to help that process, not necessarily rewind it, but definitely slow it. But I think it's one of those things. It doesn't come up in conversation because it's not a fun topic to talk about. It's like, maybe yeah, we're with all you, gonna... Maybe with you young people it doesn't, but it does with us older people. <laughs> yeah. But Amelia, are you saying that your age group are getting Botox and fillers? Yeah, now. At now? Yeah. yeah. I was 21 when I first yeah. got Botox and filler. Wow, yeah. I'm so naive yeah. to this. Do you know, and it's super common. I was talking to um, a cosmetic person not that long ago about a very famous person who's had a lot of work done, but it's actually aged her. She looks older than her actual age. I think she's only in her early 20s, but she looks like she's about 35. But what they said to me is, is she'll stay like that. Like she'll get to 35 and then when she's over 35, she'll still look 35. Yeah, They've sort of set her in that era and now that's how she'll stay for a very very long time you know mm. with all the little procedures that she's having done that was one of the big reasons why i actually started to get fillers and injectables was because i wanted to look older than i actually was particularly oh, wow. Like wow. i graduated when i was 22 and so like i look like the nurses like yeah. if the dentist comes in they don't think that i'm the dentist and yeah. so it was a way of sort of yeah and so I feel like when I was in my early 20s, I probably looked like I was in my late 20s. Mm. Um, right. It's very interesting. Wow. Wow. That's, mm. I think that's a, a unique reason for getting it. <laughs> I don't know yeah. that, that, that uh, there'd be many people who do it for that reason. But I guess it's, I don't know, it all comes back to uh, the present, right? Because yeah. 
if you're living too much in the future state or worrying too much about the future state, as you were talking about, Fiona, okay, does that mean, okay, 103 or 86? But ultimately, you've just got today. You've only got this minute and what your body's doing and how it is now. And Mm. so, I don't know. For me, this experience has kind of, yeah, made me reflect a lot on that and have a really, really deep appreciation for what my body can do and is yeah. and, you know, what what it was and how to carry me through and I've just got to live with it and be in it now, this moment, today. Mm. I love it. I guess, like, yeah, tomorrow is never guaranteed and we think exactly. – we always – I feel like especially when you're young, you always think that it is until something big like life-altering happens or something for someone around you does. And I feel – yeah, you're right. It's But how do you stay present in the moment? Because I think that's a hard thing to do. That's a big question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it takes, it's not something that ca- you have to practice Come that, on, right? Sarah, teach us all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't teach anybody anything. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. You are barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> um, no, you have to practice. Uh, everyone, I know, mindfulness and meditation and all of that. You know, you've heard all of that a million times before about all of the all the ways you need to practice bringing yourself into the present and appreciating it like literally with every breath that's mm. what it's about and that's what it is and there was no kind of um greater sort of sense of being brought smack bang into the middle of the moment in that car that moment when mm-hmm. my eyes went right yeah. i had to be <laughs> be in that moment and try to <laughs> work out how I was going to see and get off this freeway. So I think that can be both good and bad, like a, a pleasant and an unpleasant experience. But, yeah, something you work on every day. So do you think, you know, going back to your initial question, and do you think you need to, like, because the young people, they just don't think about it at all. And that's what that's what I feel. Or they're thinking about it very differently in that, you know, it brings Amelia to tears sort of thing. Whereas, um, and but I feel like as in, in my age, I'm thinking about it all the time, you know. Mm. Do you think it would be better if I didn't think about it? But if I just let, just let it go. Like, stuff all that mindfulness stuff and that. <laughs> stop being, you know what I mean? <laughs> just forget about it. Well, I think it's about how you think about it. Yeah. Because... You know what I mean? I think it's. I think you have to. You're forced to. I was yeah. forced to think you're about. Forced to think about. I was about forced it. to be in that yeah. moment and deal with it. And to, but it's how are you thinking about it? And what's yeah. your relationship with your body in that moment? And how? But back to my original question, I truly think youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> I, I don't. And your experience, Dash, even as a, as you said, getting that diagnosis as a 22 year old, even you yeah. at that age, you. That was not even enough to, if you reflect, really embody and appreciate and experience what your body could do then. No, exactly right. You took it for granted even then. Took it for granted even then. And I think one of the things I'm just reflecting on you kind of saying, you know, how do we stop ourselves looking too far forward but also too far back? And I think, as you said, it is a practice, but even COVID has taught us 
that the narratives around who is going to get severe disease and who are going to struggle and what does long COVID and all, I know we don't love talking about COVID, we're sick of talking about COVID, but it has illustrated how much do people think about these things and then what risks are you willing to take? And I feel like we have an opportunity to stop and think, what risks am I willing to take where I'm at now with my body? And um, some of those risks are going to be to have fun and to choose the uncomfortable. And some of those risks are to then be like, no, I am going to get that checked and I am going to protect myself. But I think Mm. we need to constantly have those conversations with ourselves. And it's when we're not, when we're not even doing that, that I think it becomes a dangerous space and that time passes you by and then you think but I did look great in that bikini and I could run 10 kilometers and I didn't appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think one of my favorite things in I'm I'm not Buddhist but in Buddhist um, religion is they have this belief that to live is to suffer yeah and embracing that like it's there's beauty in that and it's also very motivating it's not beautiful when you feel fucking terrible and you're writhing in pain but it is very motivating because like you wouldn't think about it if it wasn't the case that it was there yeah life is suffering that is the that is the note we are ending this episode on that is the note we're ending this episode on (laughs) um but beautiful nonetheless and thank you for letting me share my story Hi, Fiona here. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. If you enjoyed our show, tell all your friends and family and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. Our original music was composed and performed by Luke Champion.